So we are excited about you being here and excited about what God is going to do as we worship him together today. Let's begin with prayer. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your presence in this place. Steal our hearts and our minds that they may be attentive and focused on your will, your will for our lives, our community, our families, and our world. Father, thank you for being a good God. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for providing a way that we can know you and walk with you on this earth. But Lord, have that promise of eternity with you as well. Lord, we love you. Speak to us at the point of our need. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I don't think there's anything greater than being in the baptismal pool. This is my brother, John Cecil. John's been coming to church here for several years. John, who's Savior and Lord of your life? Jesus Christ. Amen. John, upon your profession of faith in Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord, I baptize you, my brother, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Buried with Christ and raised to walk in newness of life. Amen. About a month ago, during the time of invitation, um, I think we had sang a verse or two, and uh, we were beginning to conclude the service. Braxton Burdick came down the aisle that morning. I want to ask Braxton to come and join me down here. But Braxton said that he wanted to put his faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we prayed together. And we talked a little bit more that day. But also, as I came by the house, about a week or two later, we talked more about what all that means. And we talked about the fact that he may have a lot of questions. And we had some fun talking about that. But uh, we talked about what all this means. And we said that as you, and as, as he continues to grow uh, and participate in activities here at the church, that he's going to be learning more about what it means to follow Christ and what it means to be a child of God. And so, uh, Braxton, I'm excited for you and the opportunities that lie ahead for you for growth and learning, and uh, I just rejoice with you. Braxton, I want to ask you a question. Who is Lord and Savior of your life? Jesus Christ. All right. Upon your profession of faith in him, I baptize you, Braxton, my brother, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, buried with Christ in his death and risen to walk. In newness of life. Amen. Amen. Let's pray together. Father, we rejoice in Braxton and in John Sessoms this morning. We thank you that you're working in the hearts and lives of young people. Uh, Father, we just rejoice in what you're doing in that. Father, we just continue to ask that you would do that within those who frequent Bowling Springs Baptist, but you would also do that within our community as well. And that, Father, may each Sunday in the coming weeks, may these baptismal waters or this baptistry, Father, be filled. And, Father, may we rejoice with others who are coming to faith in you. Lord, we're thankful that you can take us as we are uh, in our old sinful nature. And that, Father, you can redeem us and you can renew us and you can call us into relationship with you. We ask for your blessings on each of these lives as they grow and learn more about what it means to be a child of God. And we ask for your blessings on this service today. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
please turn to page 261 and stand as we sing wonderful words of life. I invite the children to come forward, please, for lesson on the steps. Good morning. How are y'all today? It's a beautiful day today, isn't it? Do you know who gave us this day? Who gave us this beautiful day? God did. Yes, he did. And it's beautiful for us, for us to be able to enjoy it. Well, what I want to talk to you today about is these little things that are sitting up here on the floor. Does anybody know what those are? What is that? toys but what is the box anybody ever seen a shoe box before this is our shoe box and we're starting to collect shoe boxes and we're going to fill these shoe boxes with lots and lots and lots of toys as much as we possibly can our scripture today comes from acts and it says it is more blessed to give than to receive. Now, my Mr. Wiggles up here has a box in his hand, doesn't he? It's all bright colored with a big bow on it. We get real excited when we see presents like that, don't we? But you know, there are children all around the world that don't ever get a pretty box with a bright red bow on it. So what we need to do 
is give them some of our joy and happiness and smiles by filling up one of these boxes. Now, I love to give things. I love to to give people just a little bit of love or a little bit of happiness every day, and it's so simple. So I've been shopping at the dollar store, which is one of my favorite places to go, for a long time. And I've been picking up all these little trinkets and toys. But you know, to somebody that doesn't have anything, that makes it really special. So this Wednesday, I want you to come to Mission Friends and GAs, and even youth are going to do it. I want you to bring your mom and your dad with you, your grandmother, your granddaddy, a special friend. Make a trip to the dollar store this week. Find some stuff that you want to share with a little boy or a little girl. And we're going to fill this shoebox up as a family. See all these things you can get? And we're going to, all this stuff I filled up my box with. And yesterday, when the scouts were giving out food tags, this little Cub Scout came up to me as I was in the hallway, and he said, you know what? This is the biggest shoebox I've ever seen. He said, do you really think you can put enough in there to fill this box? And I said, well, you know what? I'd come better chance of filling this shoebox up. Then I'm going to take this shoebox, and I'm going to put it in this box. So on Wednesday night, when all of us come with our bags to fill our boxes, we're going to fill this box with lots and lots of shoeboxes. And you know what else we're going to put in that box? We're going to be so happy on Wednesday night sharing what God has given us and our smiles and our cares. We're going to put that in the box too. So when some little boy or girl on the other side of the world opens that box, they're going to feel a lot of love and a lot of care because you took the time to fill that box. So don't forget, Wednesday night, family time, and we're going to fill some shoeboxes. But I want to show you one thing that I never knew about a shoebox. When you turn this shoebox over, it says, little ones to him belong. I never knew this was on the bottom of the box. We are God's little ones, and to him we belong every day. So let's pray. Dear God, these are our special gifts. These are our special children given to us to lead in faith, given to us from you. As we share our joy, as we share our smiles with other children, we say thank you. It is a blessing beyond what we can understand. Thank you for this day and for this week. It is in your son's name we pray. Amen. The next hymn reminds us that the Bible really is a love story. It's a story of God's love for us. Um, Please stand as we sing hymn number 264, Holy Bible Book of Love.
before we pray this morning, I want to um, just mention an announcement that I forgot to mention earlier, but there is a special lunch today for all the children and their families. If you have not signed up, we would still encourage you to come to the lunch and be a part of that, but uh, we are excited about Ellen Humphreys and what she will be doing with our children over the course of, well, next several months and, and years, but um, wanted to, uh, get to get the parents together and have a time of discussion, and the kids, there's some activities planned for them, but if you're here today and a children family, whether a young children's family or maybe you have a school-age child, we would love for you to come to that lunch. There'll be some pizza and some other things, so please plan on staying today for that. Let me mention uh, very briefly a few matters of, of prayer. Many of you are aware of a few of these, but um, Ken Daves uh, had a mild stroke uh, early in the morning on Friday and is at hospital currently in Shelby, and uh, Cheryl is there with him. And uh, most likely this week we'll be headed to a rehabilitation place there in Mount Holly. And so please be in prayer for Ken uh, in these difficult days and, uh, and Cheryl as well. Also, Carolyn Gordon has a pelvic fracture. She would appreciate our prayers. And Billy Washburn had some uh, back, uh, had found out this week that she had broken her back. She is at home. And um, please be mindful of her and her needs and, and uh, be in prayer for her. Also, uh, Addie Rabin, this is Diane's granddaughter, went to the doctor this last Friday. She has uh, Logan Hans, and it's a white blood cell uh, issue and uh, she has found out that this was a little more progressed than they had thought and so uh, Diane and especially Addie would appreciate your prayers prayers for healing and for the doctors for wisdom and guidance there there may be others that I failed to mention this morning and that you may be aware of uh, we are grateful for what the Lord has been doing in some of the families this week that have experienced some different hardships in different ways some have been traveling and um, and we're uh, excited about their safe return here and with us this morning Let's go to the Lord in a moment of prayer. I'll give you just a, a few uh, seconds to, to lift up a prayer uh, this morning, and then I will lead us corporately. Also, let's be mindful of Paris, France, and of the people involved in the tragedy this last week there in Paris. Let's pray together. Father, we're grateful this morning for this service of baptism, handbells, preaching, singing, praying, hearing your word preached and read this morning. Father, we pray that this would truly be a time that we can come together and put aside those things that would distract us and hinder us from worshiping you and have a time of worship where we meet with you so that, Lord, when we leave this place, we'll say it's good to have been in your house. Father, it's good to hear the sounds of children. Father, we ask for your blessings on the children of this church and on the youth and their families, their parents, and those who care for them. Lord, we lift up these who are struggling this day. We pray for Ken Daves. We pray for Carolyn Gordon for Billy Washburn, for Addie Rabin, for others whose names need to be mentioned this morning as well. Father, for those who are at home, who are homebound, for those in the nursing homes, we ask for your touch on them this morning. Father, we're so grateful for the many blessings that you give us, and Father, help us in return, uh, Father, to live a life that is pleasing to you, a life that is worthy of the calling that you have placed on each of us. Lord, we lift up those who are grieving the loss of loved ones this morning in Paris, France, and throughout France, Lord, we pray for that country and for its leaders. We pray that you would be very close to them right now. Father, we pray for the evil that is within our world. Lord, that there would be change of hearts. We pray for peace. And we pray for leaders as they go about uh, decisions that must be made in the coming days. We pray that you would lead them and guide them. Again, comfort those who have lost loved ones. Father, help us as your people, as your church, to know how we can respond uh, as light, as, as vessels of love within our communities, our homes, and within our world today. Father, oh, how we need you this morning. We are such dependent people. 
And Father, we look to you this morning. Again, meet us at the point of our need today, God, and may you have your will and your way in our time of worship this day. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. It's amazing to think that words written thousands of years ago can be relevant to us today, um, that they can help us to navigate the modern world and they can help us cope with unspeakable tragedies. Please consider the words to the first hymn or the next hymn that we're going to sing um, that's found in your bulletin. Holy words long preserved for our walk in this world. They resound with God's own heart. Oh, let the ancient words impart. Words of life, words of hope, give us strength, help us cope. In this world where'er we roam, ancient words will guide us home. Please stand as we sing. Let us pray. Dear God, I stand before you today a man whose heart is full. 
a man who was blessed beyond measure. And I know that, each, that if each of us will be still, we will all know how blessed we are. You only ask that we give back a small portion of what we receive. As we come to this time, open our hearts so that we will give back to you what you ask. In your holy name we pray, amen.
nothing will I fear as long as you are Amen. Thank you, Linda and Roger, for that this morning. I want to thank uh, the Handbell Choir and the leadership of Lana Hinkle. Lana Hinkle, thank you so much. Uh, this is a committed group. We've had meetings and things that have needed to happen before, and I've asked somebody, okay, can, who can come? And, and um, you know, Monday nights, and then I'm reminded, nope, we can't do that. That's Handbell Choir. And so this is a committed group of people that I know you're grateful for. Uh, and so thank you, Handbell Choir, for leading us and Linda for leading us. You know, her song, Thy Word, many of you may remember that song from years ago. Uh, Amy Grant um, made it very popular. And, um, you know, it speaks of uh, the power of the Word of God. And the song that we read as well, or sang this morning, Ancient Words. The chorus says again, ancient words ever true, changing me and changing you. We have come with open hearts, but let the ancient words impart. I hope you have come with an open heart this morning to hear from God. We can hear from him through prayers, through song, through his written word, and through the preaching of his word. You know, I pray that these words would impart. It says, you know, it's changing me and changing you. It is my prayer that they would impart grace over you this morning, that they would impart love, renewal, if that needs to take place this morning, change, if that needs to take place, restoration, comfort, 
hope. Let's let the ancient words impart. You're welcome to turn with me, though. I have several passages, and so you may want to make note of them and listen. Um, but uh, if you would like to follow along, the first one is Romans 12:2, familiar verse to many. Paul wrote these words in Romans 12:2: "Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove that, so you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good, acceptable." And perfect. He also wrote in Philippians 4 8, finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, and whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, if there is any excellence and anything worthy of praise, dwell, meditate, spend time with these things. Ephesians 4 23. Paul also writes that in reference to your former manner of life, you lay aside the old self, which is being corrupted in accordance with the lust of deceit, and that you be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Father, I ask today that you would bless the reading of your word and its preaching. Father, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. I want to begin by thanking the high school students and college students who are here this morning that have read the sermon title. Because you read the sermon title and you're spending a lot of time studying and that may not be your favorite subject. You want to come and you want to receive a breath of fresh air. You want to hear something different at church this morning. And when you come and you see the sermon title, the fact that you're still here, I want to say thank you. But this morning, we're going to talk about the discipline of study. I was preparing for this week, and I looked up. I just want to see what the dictionary has to say about study. One definition that I think you might find amusing, it says, the act of texting, eating, and watching TV with an open textbook nearby. (laughs) Not exactly what I had in mind this morning. But as we think about study, we can't help but think about our minds. And we've read scripture verses that talk about that this morning. On my first or second Sunday here, we looked at the great commandment that speaks of the fact, you know, the, the, the lawyer was trying to pin Jesus in a corner and they asked him the question, which of all the commandments do you say is the greatest commandment? And Jesus said, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And then he said this, he said, You shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, and all of your strength. God gifts each of us in different ways and blesses us with different talents. Some of you are the acting, serving. Some of you um, are the very much, you know, everything is focused on the mind and focused on thinking through and processing and analyzing things. Uh, some of you, have, has, God has blessed with a wonderful spirit. And uh, when people are around you, uh, you know, there's such a charisma there and excitement there that is just uh, is attractive and is uh, contagious in the sense that you just, people love to be around you in that way. But God has gifted us in many different ways. Uh, First, 2 Timothy 1.7, God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind, it says in the King James Version. Philippians 2.5, one of the verses that I highlight the most and, and we can think about this morning. If you haven't memorized this verse, I would encourage you to do so. Paul writes, let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. Some scripture translations may say attitude. Let this mind, let this way of thinking, let this life be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. 
Paul also includes other examples in First uh, and Second Timothy as well in reference to mine. But looking at the sermon title this morning, the discipline, the spiritual discipline of study. Last week we looked at uh, prayer, the last two weeks. Prayer is a spiritual discipline. It's something that you and I, that all of us are learning more about as we grow in our faith, as we grow in our relationship with the Lord. And what does it mean to pray? What is prayer? And we talked about that. And today we're going to be looking at, uh, before we move into Thanksgiving next Sunday and a message there, but we're going to be looking at this morning again, the discipline, spiritual discipline of study. Discipline is defined as training expected to produce a specific character or pattern of behavior. In fact, almost nothing of any significance in our lives is ever accomplished without it. You think about your childhood and your middle school and high school years and college years and your young adult years. Some of you have uh, received uh, some very structured discipline growing up, which I hope has helped you as an adult. Others may not have received the discipline that, you know, um, that uh, you may have had to learn some things the hard way. Let me say it that way as a young adult. And so discipline is something that we don't like, but it's something that we need. And if we're all honest, it's something that we welcome. If we can discipline our minds, many of us uh, here today uh, talk about that. And and we desire it more for ourselves, that we can be better disciplined. Maybe whether it's with the food that we eat or whether it's with our exercise or whether it's with our time of devotion, whatever it is. We all long and have a hunger to be be disciplined people. Athletes must discipline uh, their bodies. Parents, again, will discipline their child for a desired outcome or pattern of behavior. Looking at the definition, what is a spiritual discipline? Well, spiritual discipline can be described as those behaviors that augment our spiritual growth, enable us to grow to spiritual maturity. This process of spiritual growth and development begins to take place the moment a person encounters Christ and comes to him for salvation. Spiritual disciplines, again, we looked at last week, could be praying. These, these can also and are also worship, service, fasting. And today, again, we're looking at the spiritual discipline of study. Maybe a better definition than the one I read earlier of study is the application of the mind to the acquisition of knowledge as by reading, investigation, or reflection. There are people and professors in this room who are maybe more qualified to talk about study in a sense than I. But nevertheless, we come here today to ask of the Lord, what would you have us to learn in regards to the spiritual discipline of study? The spiritual function of study is not to amass knowledge, but to come to know a life, the life of God and the life of Jesus Christ, to grow deeper and stronger in our relationship and in our walk with him. Many of you study, and many of you study intentionally. And what I mean by that is you have time carved out in your daily routine, whether it's in the mornings or in the evenings, and you spend some time in study. For some, it maybe begins as a simple devotional time, and then for others, it begins to go a little deeper than that devotional time. And you're looking to other resources and to books, to commentaries, to dictionaries, and to, to, to dive a little deeper. You're, you're using your concordance in your Bible, and you're looking up uh, the little asterisks or the little uh, A's and B's there in verses and other verses that tie in with the verse that you're studying. And you spend some time in a little more than just devotion, but you spend some time in study. And many of you do this very intentionally. You plan it out, you carve it out, and you do that. But I would like to also to propose to you that some of our studying also happens accidentally. You know, we're in the car and we're hearing things on the radio. We're listening to music. Um, we didn't plan on having a time of studying in the car, but yet it seems to be taking place. We can also do this through conversations we enter into, whether it's at the workplace or at home. And as a result of these conversations, they have led, this individual has led you to pursue something a little bit deeper. 
I can't tell you how many times that happens to me as a pastor. I would like to be well-versed in, in all the areas of spirituality and, and, and everything that has to do with our scripture, but I am also a learner along with you as well. And so sometimes I'll have conversations with people and I want to dig a little deeper. I want to go a little further. And that conversation is what led me to the study. And, and many times it was an accidental conversation. It was something that just happened. And so these um, times of study, again, can happen very intentionally as, they, as we should plan for them. And many times they can happen accidentally as well. The things we study, I'd like to propose to you this morning that the things we study are the things that form us. Who we are as individuals and who we are as the church of Bowling Springs Baptist Church. The things that we study are the things that form us. And let me ask you this question. What is forming you spiritually? Number one, are you looking to God's word? Are you spending time with his people? Are you spending times with both personal and corporate worship? What is forming you spiritually? I'm afraid today that many of us are being formed by short readings. You know, if you're on social media at all, you know, Facebook is short post or Twitter is short post and other ways of communicating through the computer, these very short things. And so, you know, radio, you got song, you got message or words and every TV, you got commercials every few minutes. And if we're not careful, one of the things that can begin to happen in you and I is that you know, we can't do anything longer than 10 or 15 minutes and we're distracted and we move on to something else. But there must be some intentionality, some proactiveness in, in a sense on your part and my part in regards to study. I think we're missing some things in the culture in which we live. We have to be very intentional because we read this short post, we answer this phone, we, we hear our phone beep and we, so we respond to this text or whatever it may be and we're constantly in motion. But let me ask you, when was the last time that you sat down with a book for more than... 15 minutes and let it sink in turn the phone off turn the tv off even the you know the, the home phone cell phone whatever it may be and let the words let the subject matter in which you're reading and thinking about let it really soak in and you're free from distractions i wish i could do that more than what i do maybe you do as well but i would propose to you this morning if we're going to practice the spiritual discipline of study we have to carve out some time and i understand it's difficult for me sometimes, you know, to, to carve out this time. There's needs, things that need to be responded to, emails that need to be sent, phone calls that need to be made. But I would propose this morning that God is calling us to carve out in your life and in mine times where we can sit down and let things begin to soak in. Richard Foster, in his classic book, The Celebration of Discipline, says this, The purpose of spiritual disciplines is the total transformation of the person. They aim at replacing old destructive habits of thought with new life-giving habits. Nowhere is this purpose more clearly seen than in the discipline of study. He also says the mind will always take on an order that conforms to the order of whatever it concentrates on. What are you and I concentrating on this morning? Dallas Willard who also writes on spiritual disciplines, observes the human spirit is an inescapable fundamental aspect of every human being. It takes on whichever character it has, the, it, it has from the experiences and the choices that we have lived through or made in the past. We learn intentionally, and again, we also learn accidentally. I want to mention some obvious ways that you and I can learn intentionally, that we can be proactive 
about the way that we learn. Number one, the focus of our songs and our worship this morning has had many references to the scripture. We've read it. We've heard a song called Ancient Words. We've read one called Thy Word. We've sang some other hymns this morning that, that direct us and lead us and remind us that the number one source for each of us as growing Christians, as believers in Jesus Christ, should be the scripture, should be the Bible. Uh, there are many different ways to go about that. In your times of devotion, you can read through a book and you could maybe, I know some people who have read through the same book and will do it for weeks to let it soak in, to let it become a part of them, to let it, to, to let it uh, have its way, if you will, in their being. There's some of you who like to look at a subject matter for a few days or several days. Whatever the, whatever the way you like to study the scripture, this is where we should start with the spiritual discipline of study. The next I want to propose to you this morning is some good books, some good books by Christian authors. And there's other books as well that maybe from a different perspective that we can also learn from. However, I want to propose this morning that we learn from some other good books that can illuminate and take some things um, uh, maybe that they've experienced personally that we can learn from in good books as well. This morning, many of you have noticed that there is a library, some of you may not have, but there is a library cart under this first window here as you come in this door to the right. And after the service today, I want to encourage you, if you are to the place where you would like to, to begin reading a new book, to maybe go a little bit deeper in your study and in your spiritual growth, there are some good books that are over there, some of my favorites. I'll mention quickly Philip Yancey's What's So Amazing About Grace. There are two copies of that over there. Richard Foster's The um, Spiritual Disciplines book is a Celebration of Discipline. There are two copies of that over there. There are some commentaries and dictionaries. Wesley and I have both put some of our favorites on that shelf where we put our names in there. If you pick up a book, uh, it will either have a library card in it or on the very first page it will have either Wesley's name or my name on it. Those books do eventually need to come back here, whether to the library or to, uh, to our offices. But yet we wanted to provide some books for you this morning. And again, this is just a sampling. There's some classics. There's some church history. I'm trying to remember everything that I, that I put on the shelf there. In His Steps, which is Charles Sheldon. It's the um, story behind the uh, bracelets that were popular years ago called uh, WWJD, What Would Jesus Do? If you've never read that book that is behind that um, you know, it's, it's a great book to read. But I want to encourage you this morning, before you leave, if you were to that place where you would like to, to look or take a new book, to, to spend a few minutes over here and to, to, to take one of those with you this morning. Richard Foster, in his book, Celebration of Discipline, suggests four easy steps to help one to grow in this discipline of study. He says repetition, number one, repeated exposure, taking your mind in a certain direction and ingraining a habit of thought. You can do this, again, as I said, as you read through a book of the, of the scriptures. You can also do this through scripture memory as well. There have been times in my life when, as a child and even still today, that I'll focus on a scripture verse for a few weeks and begin to ingrain it into my thought and in, into the, just to, to be able to, sometimes I may not remember every word, but as the verse starts, normally I can pick it up and, and finish that verse. Many of you can do that as well. But there's something about scripture memory. We memorize, you know, 10 steps for this, and I did this in college, you know, five reasons for this, and you explain that, but there's something about scripture that stays with you. And I've forgotten a lot of my five reasons for this and my 10 steps to do this and my formulas for uh, solving math equations. But there's something about Scripture and the power of God's Word, that it's a living and active Word, and that it, it, he, uses, he uses it to change our lives, to bring, him, to bring us closer in relationship to Him. And so if you haven't 
practiced uh, repetition uh, in, in your reading or in or scripture memory, I would encourage you to do that. Richard Foster mentions reputation, or excuse repetition, not reputation. Repetition, he also mentions concent concentration. Focuses the attention on what is being studied, intensity and intentionality. We've talked about that this morning. So repetition, concentration. The third proposal that he has here is comprehension. He describes it as the aha of the deep understanding. Many of you have looked into topics you've set under people who've taught, and it may be something that just clicks one day with you, and you have that aha moment, you know, where you just, I mean, the light bulb comes on and, and it clicks. And it may be that some of you, if there's something that you've wrestled with and that you've struggled with, maybe you need to begin studying that. And over the course of the next several weeks and months, it would be my hope and prayer that you would have that aha moment. Again, repetition, concentration, comprehension, and the last one is reflection. It considers the significance of what is being studied. A lot of times we read book and we take tests, but do we take the time to, re to reflect on what we have read or the conversations that we have just entered into and reflect on what was said? I would pro propose that we look to that. As Romans 12, 2 says, we are transformed by the renewing of our minds. Again, Richard Foster echoes this when he says the mind is renewed by applying it to those things that will transform it. I want to close by mentioning three things that will help us as we think about this discipline of study. Your mind, first of all, is a muscle and it needs to be stretched. I am grateful for people, uh, both past and present, who continue to stretch my mind through Gardner-Webb University. I have a lot of different sources uh, that we look to with scripture and with books and, and other people, but I'm grateful for those who I've had both here as professors and who those I know now, I may not have had them in class, but I am grateful uh, for those who do continue to stretch my mind. There are three things that I would like to propose uh, that we can use to stretch our minds. Number one is read. Uh, many of you and, and I will not be always afforded the opportunity to travel and to learn through experience by seeing and experiencing places. But at the same time, uh, the covers of a book can take us to places, maybe nece necessarily that a car, a plane, or a feet may not be able to do. Between the covers of a book, our ideas and insights await the joy of discovery. Read. What are you reading? What have you been reading that's helping you to grow in your relationship and your knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. So read, also talk, conversations. Who are you talking to? Or who are you talking to about the things you're reading? It would be my hope that you would have that opportunity and privilege in your Sunday school class. I would encourage you to come on Wednesday nights. Some of that time is both teaching and discussion. And we can learn not only through reading, but also through talking. And the last one that I would propose to you is writing. Sometimes the words, and I've done this at times in my life, sometimes words, we can't find the words and we can't communicate them quickly enough, maybe when we're discussing with, or having a conversation with someone, but there's something about the power of writing. And many of you know this far greater than I, that uh, when you sit down and you begin to articulate exactly what needs to be said and what you would like to say, you can put that on paper or type it on the computer much easier than you can speak it with someone. It provides a sense of order uh, to this. I am grateful for those who have spoken into my life, those who have taught me more about what it means to study, and not only study, but to study God's word. I'm grateful for that in high school. I'm grateful for ministers and people who have spoken into my life in that regard. But I'm also um, 
grateful. You know, I think about my time at Gardner Webb and my freshman year coming in, I wasn't prepared for what was ahead of me in regards to studying. And I learned a little bit more about what that means. My sophomore year, junior year, and senior year, each year that I was at Gardner Webb and in college, I learned a little bit more about the discipline of study. And as I took that as well as when I went into divinity school, and my grades reflected that as well, as I learned a little bit more about how to do this thing called study. I don't know where you are in your relationship with the Lord this morning or uh, what intentionality you, you uh, seek out in regards to, uh, to study. I want to encourage you to, to think about a plan, to think about a way, a course of action where you can begin to study God's word. But uh, if you would also, again, like to, to look at some good books on certain subjects or maybe some commentaries or different things like that as well, there are some on these shelves over here, but I would also love to talk with you maybe about uh, something specific uh, if the Lord is impressing that upon your heart today. But how are you doing with your spiritual disciplines, the discipline of prayer and the discipline of study? Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for how it challenges us and how it moves us. Uh, Lord, it changes us. It can take us from uh, living a, a life of hopelessness and a life of despair. And uh, Father, it can renew us and it can give us joy and hope and peace. Lord, I'm thankful that uh, you sent your son, Jesus Christ, that you saw us in the midst of our despair, in the midst of our hopelessness, and you sent your son. Father, I'm grateful for the resources that you've given us. You've given us your words, Father. Uh, you've, Paul has, has given us, uh, Father, uh, words from you. And Lord, other authors throughout the scripture. We're thankful for authors today, Lord, who can speak about particular subjects or topics in a way that helps us to grow in our relationship with you. Father, speak to us this day. Help us to have a sense of self-awareness about who we are and where we are in our relationship with you. And Father, help us to resolve to take that relationship deeper and stronger. Father, thank you for those times where we've um, pursued our own way and you have showered, showered your grace upon us. And that, Father, we know that uh, it's, it's just that one step back to you. And Father, if there are those here today that, that need to take that step back towards you, no matter how many steps they've taken away from you, I pray that they would feel that grace and that love and those arms open wide today where they would be ready to enter into that relationship once again and renew that relationship with you. Father, speak to us and meet us again at the point of our need. We ask this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. If you're here today and des desire church membership, we invite you to, to come down and um, talk with me uh, during the time of invitation. Uh, if there's a matter of prayer that you would like to pray about, the altar is open, and I would also be happy to pray with you. But let's, let's stand and sing. Hymn number 502. <laughs>
I'm going to ask uh, John Sessoms and Braxton to come join me up here this morning. We want to present to you guys a uh, certificate of baptism. John and Braxton and your family, can, you guys can come on over. But we want you guys to know that we're excited about the decision that you've made. And um, I know you made that decision some time back, but uh, we want to help you guys grow and learn more about what it means to follow God and um, uh, provide opportunities for you to experience uh, what it means to not only love those here within your church family, but serve others within our community and within our world and help share the love of God with them as well. So we're excited for you, and we want you to know we'll be praying for you, okay? Um, they will be up front and would be glad to uh, receive a handshake or a hug or a high five, whatever it may be. But uh, we want to give you that opportunity to do that today. Anything else we need to say? A lunch for the children after the service. Would love for you to join that if you're here today, the children's family. But thank you uh, again for being here, and um, it's good to be in God's house. Amen. Let's close in a word of prayer. Father, thank you for each of these children, for these youth. We're thankful for what you're doing here. Lord, we're thankful for Ellen. We're thankful uh, for uh, opportunities that are upcoming, Lord, with our youth as well. God, we're thankful for our church. Teach us more about what it means to, to know you, to have times where we can commune with you in prayer. But Lord, also times where we can study and get to know you uh, and allow these habits to form us and shape us into the people that you have called us to be. We ask this prayer in Jesus' name. All of God's people said, amen. amen.